warning, warning. Potatoes and Pasta contain adult language and discussions of sexual content, substance abuse, domestic violence, and suicide. If you or someone you know is struggling, please seek help. We've included resources in the description. Additionally, we are not psychological professionals and we don't claim to be experts of any kind. We are barely experts in our own experiences. These are simply our thoughts and reflections on ourselves and our family with the purpose to entertain and indulge our own nostalgia. Are you looking for someone to lovingly criticize every choice you've ever thought you've made? Are you looking to thrive off the drama of someone else's family in these trying times? Do you find yourself delightfully isolated from your loved ones, yet hungering for an affectionate sting of their ridicule? Allow us to share our family experiences with you. Our carbohydrate-loving family. Hello, family! Welcome, you! This is our podcast. Potatoes and Pasta, a discussion about our family. I'm Spud. And I'm Mac. In this podcast, we will explore the experiences, stories, and dynamics of our shared upbringing. And how we've gotten by with heaping helpings of laughter, potatoes, and pasta. A reflection on our starchy family. Season 1, Monday night, is Spaghetti Night. Episode 1, The Family Tree. Hey everybody, welcome to Potatoes and Pasta, the podcast about our family. I'm Mac. I am Spud. Excellent. And today's topics, uh, with it being the first episode, we thought it would be a good idea to give you uh, an overview of our family. So our topics today are the family tree, which we believe to be tempered in fire and starch. And we'll also talk a little bit about some names um, because we have an, a couple names that recur <laughs> throughout our family um, for a lack of creativity, probably. Tradition. Um, tradition, if anything. And so, <laughs> yeah, that's where we're going to get started. Reginald the Third. Yeah, Passable there's. A, yeah, but it was funny is that like nobody got like a junior or a the I third? Thought, I thought one of them did. He did not. He did not. So while he he was the second to have um, a certain name, and you'll notice because we're going to be getting into some uh, really heavy and and some topics that our family probably doesn't actually want. We really don't want us to talk about. It's true. We really don't (laughs) want us to talk about. Um, We're going to try really hard not to use anybody's actual name. We've come up with some pseudonyms, like for ourselves and for some of our other family members. But we do have a name that keeps, a couple names that keep coming up. We have a cousin, an uncle, a grandfather, a great-grandfather. And the thing about that that Spud is talking about is that one of them was given the middle name Junior, but it wasn't actually like signature. Right, it wasn't, yeah, like he wasn't like an actual Junior in title, but he was given the middle name, the word Junior. Just even though the, the junior or the senior, because I know a person who says, you know, I'm so-and-so senior, and I just kind of roll my eyes a little bit because it's like, are you really going to tack that level of self-importance onto yourself? But granted, this person also has, like, 19 kids. Which I was going to say, like, unless you have an abundant number of children or over the age of 60, I feel like referring to or yourself as... Or five kids who are named junior. Right, like, I feel like <laughs> Like otherwise... George Foreman. 
Right, like why else would you use it? So anyway, our topic today is going to be our family tree. So we'll give you an overview of our family, our family's history, and then just kind of talk about the way our perceptions of each side of our family, our mom's side and our dad's side, have changed over the years because they've we've gone through some pretty some pretty drastic shifts. And a little bit of background on how this podcast came to uh, conception and realization is both Mac and myself have had dealings with audio performance, whether it's radio, everybody's Zooming and Skyping and all that right now, too. And so hosting meetings, et cetera, et cetera. And then we realized after a moment of reflection that every time we get together and talk, all we really do is psychoanalyze our family over and over and over again. So we got planning and we were, you know, we wrote quite a bit of notes and structure for this, this podcast. We just have so much fun doing that, that we thought we might be able to turn it into actual content to share. And if, even if this doesn't get shared out or nobody listens to it, we'll have an audio and even these notes, a record of a lot of these memories and things we like to talk about so much. And that's a little bit how this came to be, because it's just the one thing, like family gatherings, whatnot, we're sitting in the corner, we're those catty, catty bitches in the corner, just judging, harmlessly judging. That's part of the fun of how we deal with those awkward moments. Full disclaimer, we love our family. We mm-hmm. really, really do. But we're, we're a little cynical. I like to say delightfully jaded. Yes, and the other thing, too, about, like, wanting to record this, wanting to share this, is that, like, I, one of my favorite things to do is to, like, you know, like, go to work that Monday or whatever day, like, after the major holiday, and, you know, I have that, like, one story that, like, I can't wait to share with my coworkers, but then also, like, exchanging those stories, with other people of like, you won't believe what my family did. And then also hearing that story from somebody else, I think is such like a great way to connect with people because almost like no matter how your family is made up, configured, whether it's chosen, whether it's biological, like we all hopefully have those different ways of like connecting with other people. But like we have some kind of family or some kind of like, you won't believe what my aunt so-and-so did, or you, you know, oh, that reminds me of this uncle. And talking about our families is a way for both, like, Spud and I to continue to connect with each other, because right now we're not living in the same city or the same state, and it's also the year of our Lord 2020, which everybody knows is, like, at least for our generation, (laughs) generations to come and a few generations before, like, a paramount critical year in the world's history. And folks it's just can't a nice, gather. Or yeah, we sh- can't shouldn't. gather. And they shouldn't. We're going to take a hard stance there. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I, we haven't seen each other in um, about a year now, like, in person. At this point, yeah, it's, it's 11 months. Yeah, it's been 11 months. So this is a great way for us to connect to each other. And for those of you who might be listening, we hope that you... Um, are able to use it to feel connected, feel less alone during these times, and also hopefully um, be able to connect with the folks that you love. 
So let's get into it. Let's start. I feel like we already have. We, we I know, have, I know. We, we, just for some reference points, we're going to give a few names. I should say uh, nicknames. Both of our parents are still alive, knock on wood. My mother's nickname, which she hates, is because it was given to her by her father, because she never fussed about anything. It became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll refer to her as Fuss. If we don't yeah. just call her mom. Right, our mother Fuss. <laughs> and, what, and we will use that nickname against her when she's fussing about things. And it usually gets a visceral reaction out of her, and uh, either a swat of the head mm-hmm. uh, or a pinch on the shoulder. Our lovely mother uh, married uh, an electrician. Not in that order, but... <laughs> he has dubbed himself... Voltar, because of voltage, the tie into electricity. He's got a typical dad sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Puns are a pretty standard thing out of him. Yeah. And the reason we, my nickname, my pseudonym here is Spud, is because uh, when I was in the womb, they referred to me as Spud, because fuss, all fuss wanted to eat uh, was potatoes. That really wasn't out of the norm anyway. Yeah, they, they, when they tell that story, they make it seem like, and after that, she ate a regular amount of potatoes, and it's not fucking true. She eats potatoes every goddamn chance she gets. Like, I remember... Every I, meal. We found every a, meal. We found a photo of, like, Miss Idaho at one point, and it was this um, black and white still. It was a good, a gorgeous shot, but she was in a bunch of just giant russet potatoes. And we, and we, you know, the joke became, this is mom back in her heyday, back in her modeling career. I'm sure like, it amped up to an unreasonable amount, but she's always eaten an unreasonable amount of potatoes. It's true. And then my pseudonym is Mac. Uh, which is short for macaroni because macaroni and cheese is my favorite food and I'm hard-pressed to find a pasta that I don't love almost as much as my mother loves potatoes, so. Yeah, and I mean, that wasn't your womb name, it was Boo Boo, Mm -hmm. but that's a little gross now. And because we were sticking with a food theme for the title, too. Yeah, why is Boo Boo gross now? Well, that also means dookie. Oh, Oh, see, whenever I tell people that my womb name was Boo Boo, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, is that because you were an accident? And when they find out that we're like six years apart, people assume that I was an accident. Oh, I never put that connotation. Are you fucking kidding me? You never (laughs) realized. I mean, they were 36 and 37 when they had you. It could have been an accident, but. I know, like, a lot of it checks out, but apparently you and I were both very much part of the plan. And. Do you think it took forever to get you here? I know. You know what's funny is the other day I was like, because a lot of times I'll say like, so our parents were married very young. They married when mom was 19 and dad was 20. In fact, they got married the day after her 19th birthday, which like I cannot even fucking fathom. Yeah. Right? Like they waited 11 years to have kids, which is true because they had been married for 11 years before they had you. But then it hit me the other day, or like a week or two, you know, time's irrelevant right now. Everybody who's alive right now knows that. I was like, but it was 17 years before they had me. I know, right? Like, That's there's wild. This, I know. I hadn't done that math either. Wow. I know. I, I know. I feel really dumb. I kind of did too. I felt like, I was like, how have you not put this together before? This is very simple. Maybe. You graduate top of your class. What the hell's wrong? I with you? know. I know. 
I was just like, but damn, it just kind of gave me just like this very different perspective. Yeah, so that's why we have the names that we have. And then um, we are also both blessed pretty, or I feel like pretty early in our lives to have found the people that we want to spend the rest of our lives with. So we are both engaged, which is super weird to think about. And my partner will, uh, whenever I talk about him, I'll be using the name Mango because that's his favorite fruit. And because what I love about this is that we, um, in real life, have the same letter of in our first names, but also in this, we both have M's at the beginning. So it feels very like on brand for us. Mac and Mango. And then my partner is, uh, he is the little professor because he is very well read. In our house, we do have a library, which sounds way more affluent than it actually is. But he's also one of those, he, he is the Hermione Granger of almost every situation he is. Uh, no, yeah, and I've been with him for, oh my God, this summer will be 12 years. Holy shit. Yeah. And you've been with Mango for almost this, 10. Uh, this coming April, it'll be eight years. Yeah. So over mm-hmm. seven and a half years now. Yeah, murder me dead. I know, right? I know. Yeah. But in the you know the the little professor and Mango are very much part of our core family now, and when we say we're going to do the holidays without extended family, they're absolutely a part of that. Because we've got mom's side. At least growing up for me, always felt, for lack of a better term, trashy. I receive that. I receive that. And to give some context to folks, too, both of our parents are middle children. Oh, yeah, they are. Uh, Mom is the middle of three, and Dad is the middle of five. But Mom's family has some, like, much more complicated history in her immediate family. So she's got a brother and a sister, but she didn't grow up with her brother the way that, like, most, we think of most siblings, like growing up together yeah um, and that, that juicy story it will we'll save for another episode yeah um, we're just trying to skim the surface uh through this this episode here to get um just some context for the audience yeah so we grew up with like a number of cousins on our mom's side that we saw with a fair amount of regularity all of mom's family lives in michigan which is where we're from from Southeast Michigan. And so, yeah, we just like grew up seeing them more at like holiday. Like we saw more of mom's family at more holidays than we did. About once a month we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Like if there was like a big family get together, if it was like, Oh, we're celebrating this thing. Chances were we were going or having mom's family over. But yeah, I agree with you that like, I definitely think there was this vibe of like, Frankly, like looking down on them to a yeah, point. Yeah, Dad always looked down on them, still does, to a certain degree. And we always yeah. thought his side was a bit classier, a bit more um, refined. Whereas, you know, we've we've realized over the years, especially since the 2016 election, that both sides are equally trash. Neither mm. of them are really the people. It, it feels like in so many ways, neither sides of the family are who they we thought they were. Right. It turns out that both of them ain't shit. Right. And we both live in crime-ridden cities right now. Just it's notes true. For the audience. You Can know, you hear the sirens? Wildly. <laughs> obnoxiously. 
Yeah, so mom and dad's side, yeah, we thought for a long time, well, dad's side, like, they definitely had more money, but that, yeah, I but that doesn't mean by class. Right. Well, that was one thing dad always had in the basement. Voltar had this little, that penguin poster that said, I cried because I had no shoes until I met a man who had no class. Yeah. And, you know, from that is money doesn't equal character. And we're, we, that very much became true and learned more recently and as events transpired in the family, that dad's side of the family was really just as obnoxious and trashy as, as mom's side. Yeah, and I'm trying to think about, like, what were those things growing up that really, right. like, gave us that perception as kids? And I think it had a lot to do with the way they showed up and acted at holidays. Yeah. Right? Like, whether it was the fact that, like... Mom's sister's perpetually late, mm-hmm. and that is somehow like a speaks to their character, or that like we have a cousin who no matter what at every gathering, she thinks it's her like cross to bear to bring pop, but she doesn't contribute much of anything else. And so yeah. I think like Dad's frustrations about bearing the brunt of the cost of the holidays, which isn't something that like people talk about a lot, but like. These big extravagant meals can be fucking expensive. And so I think his frustrations about those things came out as like, well, she only brings the fucking rolls. Yeah, rolls or or a bag of salad that cost him two fifty. Right, or it's and, like, oh, better yet, she forgot to bring the rolls. Or we waited an hour and 45 minutes for them to show up. I thought they were driving in from Ann Arbor. Turns out they were just 10 minutes up the road and they forgot to start the dish. So the thing right. that they were going to pass, ooh, I was furious that Christmas. I know. And, well, and then the other cousin um, on that side of the family who treats every family gathering as their own personal hog trough. Yes. After the first, everybody goes through the line, sits down, you will find her picking with her hands from the, the buffet table. Yeah. Like an animal. Right. And so, you know, Dad's judgment and perception of these moments over time definitely built up, and he absolutely did make that a secret, at least in the core family of the four yeah. of us growing and up. And I'm not saying that his perceptions were wrong. Oh, right? no. <laughs> right, I'm just saying that they, like, they influenced, they also mm-hmm. influenced our perceptions of them. And, like, it's also yeah. not, like, we're making this sound like Dad sits around and talks shit about them, and it's not that he doesn't. I also don't. I also right. I also don't think that speaks to as much as he would probably begrudge to necessarily admit it. The level of care that he has shown them over the years, in terms of like, which we'll get into in other episodes, but in terms of like, kind of always being the one that mom's family turns to in a crisis. They look to him for leadership a number of ways and in a number of situations. And I'm also wondering now of, like, did he, not that he doesn't, like, so the other thing folks should know is that dad's the only extrovert, like, among the six of us. So that includes, like, me and Spud, our partners, our mother, and dad. Like, dad's the only extrovert. So he... Well, he's definitely the most extroverted. Most extroverted, yes. Yeah. Um, so he, not that he wouldn't thrive in a situation where other humans were seeking his counsel, um, but I also wonder if there might have been times in his life when that was like a weight to bear, like some type of responsibility that he felt and he might 
resent them a little bit for like not being able to handle their own shit and having to turn to him all the time. I mean, we will have a whole episode designated to that. That's true. We do have that planned. But it was just very interesting, too, especially like the cousin who only brings soda pop and candy to every holiday. Our perception of that person had dramatically changed over the years, and it was really quite delightful. Like went from this. I mean, they're yeah. still like a royally awkward and, um, and at times painfully awkward to be around person. But when she found her like freedom, divorced her husband, went on this like journey of exploring mm-hmm. herself and just becoming her own person realizing that she, you know and then lived alone for a period of time so like she really just exploded and flourished as a human being yeah our perception changed very much for the positive uh, of her and it was at least for four or five years now we were just like yes get yours do you mm-hmm. we're so happy for you we're so proud of you granted she still mucks things up from time to time Sure, um, everyone yeah, does. That perception uh, definitely changed, and that was that we that again will be explored later. It's really interesting to look back and see how your perceptions of people shift over time. Yeah, because it's not that those things aren't true mm-hmm. still, that they don't do things that like piss us off or make us go like lose all well, sympathy for them. Because yeah, of the choices. right. Yeah, right. but like at the same time, I feel like with relative to dad's side of the family who we'll talk about next that like with mom's side it's been more of a roller coaster of perception like Mm -hmm. both with individuals and as like the group like I can think of another cousin on mom's side who as a child I was I hated being around her she was awful to us like she was mean she was exclusive like Mm -hmm. terrible And then there was just, like, this brief period. It was, like, around the time that you graduated from high school and, like, we're we're going into... Right, it was, like, she was talking to us like we were people and asking about our interests. And we were even contemplating hanging out with her. She was dating her her current husband. Well, and it was the moment that they had children that everything shifted back. Yes. I mean, it was, like, the minute, the hour. Yes. It was like the wedding got done, things were okay for a while, she got pregnant, and all that shit went out the window mm-hmm. about, like, being nice to us, seeing us as people. I mean, we've got a whole episode planned on parenthood, mm-hmm. but I just, yeah, like, that one, like, that's an individual roller coaster for me, but I think it very much speaks to, like, the broader perception of that side of the family where we do have these almost years these like pockets of time when it's like you know what like this is our family and we love them and this is great then it's like oh just give it two years and then like somebody's gonna make some poor choice or somebody's gonna do something that really just like shifts tips the scale again whereas like with dad's family that feels more like a steady decline over time Yeah, like, the more time, like, we realized, like, okay, so we had a good time. We we grieved uh, a very prominent death in the family, a couple prominent deaths with them. We grieved together, and then as we spent more time, and as, as really as you and I grew up mm-hmm. and started to become adults, realizing we don't have the same values. 
Yeah, it's not even that I don't like this person. Because I've had moments like that with the folks uh-huh. on mom's side of the family where it's like, fuck, I don't like this person. Like, if mm-hmm. I didn't have to spend, if I didn't have this weird familial obligation to spend time with this person, I don't think that I would. Whereas, right. like, with dad's side of the family, there were people that at one point I would genuinely have said, like, yeah, no, I like this person. I want to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. Definitely the feeling that that got perpetuated over time was like, yeah, oh, you know, we're going there, we're, they're gonna have fun, so and so be kind of cool, all this, and then you know we'll do cousins weekend, and then like after like the sixth or seventh one, we're just like, what are we really getting out of this? Not that we have to get something out of this, but this is not bringing joy. Right. This isn't this, fulfilling. This doesn't make me feel connected to people. We're not driving six hours out of our way just to you know get free lodging and, and meals. No, we bring booze and we contribute stuff too. So, it's, yeah, it's not like we needed to go down there to get anything out of it. But it was just you're not. This is no longer a relationship that it's becoming more toxic than nurturing. Yeah, which has just been the like the whole trend with them of like they started yeah. like in our childhood we saw them. They were the cool said, ones. They were the cool ones. They were the side of the family that we liked that we wished we could have spent more time with. And then as we've spent more time with them, as we've grown and as time has gone on. We did not um, like that experience. Yeah, it's becoming like less and I less. I thought I wanted it, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's becoming less that way. Yeah, so I mean, we've got um, quite a few generations that we reflect on, too. You know, we definitely had the old crew, the old days where the silent gen, the boomers. And with them, we spent a lot of time. Our grandfather, his hobby was really photography mm-hmm. and drinking. Back in the day, they did slides, and, you know, the slide projectors, the screen, you know, um, we had a ton of fun doing those, looking at all these slides of times past where, um, you know, the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, our par- and our parents would sit down, we'd watch, look at these slides, and they tell these great stories and these mm-hmm. these fun moments that they share, and this is really essentially what we've done with this, it's just our version, there's no pictures. This was long before the uh, home recording devices were common, let alone on everybody's phone. But uh, we knew our great-grandmother, and she lived till I was 17. You were 12? Yep, she was 94 when she died. Taft was president. Yes, when she was born. Yeah, what a blessing in our lives to have gotten to, to... Talk spend, about character. Yeah, to spend time with her. We've got a whole episode on her that's coming up later. She was the first generation of our family born in the United States on our dad's side. So, yeah, I always felt really lucky to have gotten to, and that's how I say it now. Like, if, I, if I'm if i going to, to tell a story about her, I start by saying, like, you know, I was lucky enough to, to have met my great-grandmother and, and known her until I was about 12. But, yeah, she I had was... had so much time with her. yeah. Um, and she was very much like the matriarch of dad's side of the family for for so long. You know, we'll talk about our grandparents on all sides, too. We were very fortunate in our family. There wasn't a lot of divorce, where probably where there should have been, mm-hmm. but uh, there was, uh, was not a lot of divorce. There wasn't a lot of split holidays, that kind of thing like that. Uh, and we know we're fortunate for that to have uh, a lot of consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, we get into our cousins and whatnot, and there's, let's talk about the fact that there is a huge gap in age between us and the cousins we were exposed to. All the ones that are our age live out of state. Yeah, we've got family in California, we've got family down south, kind of spread out across the country. But yeah, also in age, um, I'm the youngest. 
mm-hmm. on dad's side and second youngest by two weeks on mom's side. So I pretty I usually just tell people I'm the youngest on all sides of my family. Yeah. But the between me and the oldest cousin that we have, there are 15 years. So right. folks were having between the like eight adults between mom and dad's family, people were having kids over a span of 15 years. Well, and that was the harassment that our parents got because they waited 11 and 17 years to start having kids. Right, so, whereas some folks got started right away and some folks didn't have any. So like. And all with varying results. It's true. It's true. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got Gen Xers. Uh, our, uh, you and I are millennials. Mm-hmm. You've pointed out too that there's just weird, some weird math that goes on too. And yeah. we had two kids. Two kids. Yeah, if they had kids, they had two kids. And if they're on our dad's side, they had a boy and then a girl. And then mom's. In that sis- order. In that order. They had a boy first and then they had a girl. And then on mom's side, her sister had two girls and her brother had two boys. And then there's you and I. It's interesting, but it's also boring. Right, like this. <laughs> so what? <laughs> and? Right, right. It's it's like it's a baseball stat, right? Like if you're a fan of baseball, which we come from a baseball family, it's a fucking baseball stat, it isn't means it? Nothing. It means nothing. It means nothing that so and so is the seventeenth person to oh. hit that home run percentage at this point in the season. Like it means fucking nothing. But it's like if you give a shit, it is kind of interesting. Oh, the closest I can get to that with what I studied in school is, I remember when I was in a beverage course, and we were talking about wine and alcohol, and one kid said, like, you know, what about looking at the legs of when you swirl the wine, when it drips back down into the, the, the reservoir, they're like, you know, you look at the legs and how long, that's what's called when those streaks happen, the legs in there, and I remember the professor looking down, rolling his eyes and saying, I guess that's what you talk about when you have nothing left to talk about. Honestly. Yeah, I was like, and this person was shook because they thought they were being really cool. Oh, I'm sure. What about the legs? It's like, you know, put your fake British accent back in your pocket, get your Boston accent back out, and talk like you put ice in. I am now left here wondering, and I would appreciate if you asked this question, do the legs have any bearing on the flavor of the wine? No. Oh, okay, cool. I don't even like wine, but like... I mean, you could do the same thing with milk in a glass, what, like when <laughs> right, you're that's done what drinking, I was and then like you, it's you know, it's that like, little arch that happens that in the, the of it, yeah. right. We have now scraped the bottom of the barrel of things to talk about. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, but like, and is, that's their series, guys. Thanks. That's funny, but no, it is. I think like a strange statistical anomaly, if it nothing is. else, that it we is. have an even number of like. Assigned male at birth, folks. Assigned female at birth, folks. Like it is something we've talked about numerous times. It is like it's just fucking weird. Like whether it's, it's interesting or not, it is something right. we've talked about. <laughs> That's a fact. Uh-huh. Big fact. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And then uh, the next generation is uh, our cousins' kids, which uh, we collectively refer to as the noise, because we don't have children ourselves. And at this point, in the stage of my life, I'm okay with that. I am. See, I <laughs> but think... the second one is like for myself. <laughs> I think you and the little professor, one of you is going to hit 40, and things might change for you. And first, but yeah. 
Well, yeah, because he's older, you catty bitch. But, like, I just, yeah. I mean, it's, for me, like, whenever people ask me about it, which, like, thank God people don't ask me about it that often, I think I give off of an, enough of, like, a don't fucking ask me vibe. Like, I spend enough time him and on about... Yeah. yeah, well, there's that. But, like, I also spend enough time hemming and hawing about being in an interfaith, interracial relationship that I don't think people feel comfortable asking me about kids. <laughs> but for me, it's like a, it's like a, we'll see. Yeah. Like, it, we might, we might not. Who knows? Yeah. I, I mean, we've got Gen Z happening. We've got Gen Alpha, which I had to look up. And granted, they're all a bunch of betas, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> big thing i think is like there's again that we have these massive age gaps yeah. i mean and even our cousins started having kids in their 30s yeah no, none of them started banging these things out in their 20s so there's a right. huge gap for them too i mean it makes for mature kids more mature kids but yeah uh and there are some but you know watching them growing up and you know i just didn't sign up to clean up somebody else's kid i'm not getting paid to do this Stop dropping them off at our house and letting them shit everywhere. Pass. Like one time, but yeah. Twice. That's true. Okay. It was the one where we had to handle it. The massaging of the knees? Yes. Okay. You weren't there for the massaging of the knees. I've been told it so many times, I felt like I lived through it. I know, right? But I was present for the child screaming, it's everywhere. Uh, Yeah, that was fun. It's, yeah, I mean, you can call it that if you Absolutely. want. If you want. Yeah, there is. There's, like, this age gap, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. The other things, I think, to say about the family, and we're going to get into more of, like, dynamics and more about, like, the, the different relationships that are present and things like that, is that you could probably tell, based on our voices, not to be stereotypical, but we're pretty fucking white. Wait, what? Uh, yes, we are white. It's true. Oh, okay. It's true. Culturally, I mean, we are also the type of white people who could tell you, like, we're this percentage that, and we're this percentage this. Really, culturally, the only things that really matter uh, for our family is that we're Irish and Hungarian. Boy, do we cling to that 16% Hungarian. Yes, desperately. Desperately. I have uh, absolutely no knowledge of the culture. None. I, I wouldn't say none. I think that's an exaggeration. I think we have... I think I think there would be things that, like... I'm not saying that you could just transplant me over there. Right. But I'm saying that there are things that we probably do or expectations that we have that are derivative of that that we might not be conscious of. Derivative is the best way to describe our affinity. Additionally, <laughs> you know, the where you just call me an asshole with your eyes. Yes. Definitely receive it. Thank you. We did also, like, as children, go to, we lived in an area that was heavily uh, immigrated into and gentrified by Eastern European immigrants. Mm-hmm. And so we grew up going to a Hungarian festival, listening to Hungarian music, not pop music, but like classical right. Hungarian music. <laughs> And partaking in a lot of, like, the food aspect yeah. of the culture. Yeah, we would listen to stories about little grandma and um, papa, our grandfather on that side, who, um, you know, they grew up in the Hungarian borough yeah. of our hometown. 
And so, you know, they talked about how even even within all the white people that showed up, there was discrimination and separation between the Irish, the Brits, the Germans, and the Hungarians, the Austrians, all that. Mm-hmm. All that breakdown of, um, yeah, Eastern Europe. Granted, Ireland's not part of Eastern Europe, but yeah. Yeah, and then the other side of our family is, well, we have Irish heritage on both sides of the family, um, which really only ever manifested in an exuberant celebration of St. Patrick's Day. I would say I can't really think of like a time when we really engaged in something that was like very cultural. Like we didn't even like, there, there wasn't any time we were served food and we were like, we were told this is an Irish dish. Mm-hmm. Um, well, our grandmother, um, Papa's wife, McFissack, that will, that is not a botched word that is made up. And McFissack was obsessed with uh, her Irish heritage to the point where, you know, we would get the ridiculous and stereotypical um, gifts, flags, mm-hmm. trinkets, odds and ends, you know, kiss me, I'm Irish. Yeah. Nobody wants to be making out with an Irish. That's all I got to say. Well, it's just, it didn't have the same meaning as when we were presented or, like, mm-hmm. partaking in something. But I do think the culture of family is more, because they were in the States longer, mm-hmm. like, if we were to track, like, actual immigration paths, is really much more, like, American South. Yeah. Like, her dad's family came, they were, like, farmers in Arkansas, um, so like a lot of, like, I feel more, I felt more connected. I lived in Nashville for a few years mm-hmm. and I felt more connected to those ideas. Oh, there were things that happened, foods I ate, phrases I heard that made me, f- uh, that it was like, oh, that reminds me of like mom's side of the family more than I think if we were to take a trip to Ireland, would I be like, oh, this reminds me of <laughs> or Budapest. Side, or Budapest, right? Like. Yeah, with the American South, that feels more encompassing of, like, the cultural experience I think we had from mom and dad's side of the family. Like, a lot of the food was very Southern in the sense that, like, I mean, we have collard greens at Thanksgiving and, like, we have a black-eyed pea. You have to have at least one on New Year's Day for good luck. And, like, there's, like, she doesn't put whole chunks of corn in the cornbread. Like, Right, like, there's just, like, little things that, like, really speak to a, a more of, like, what we think of as culturally American South right. from her side of the family. But. And, yeah, but that, and uh, you talk about cornbread, and we've talked about potatoes, and, you know, starches really have been a defining, I want to talk about culture for a family, mm. starch. Yeah. You know, when we're doing Hungarian foods, it's, let's make, let's make the spatula. It's you know let's make the uh, the the, ger- the German noodle spatzel that um, Hungary also has their own variation of I forget the yeah. um, pronunciation for it um, or the Irish side let's make potatoes or cornbread mm-hmm. bread breads well not our family's never big on rice uh, I think you and I eat more rice now yeah uh, but then than before but yeah it was it was he- heavy those thick heavy starchy binding you know you your your gullet is full for mm-hmm. for uh, several hours 
uh, and of course pastas, obsessed with noodles uh, of mm. any kind. Even they love corn on the cob because car, uh, corn is a starch. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It's a vegetable, but it's also a starch. Okay. Uh, there's more carbohydrates in that than is reasonable. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so... You know that that's a brief overview of uh, our family. A little bit of what we're, we're going we're gonna to start taking much deeper dives into mm-hmm. um, in subsequent episodes. And again, we love our family. There's there's they're very silly, silly people. But just like every other family, we get we get unreasonably frustrated with mm-hmm. them, and and this times much very much re- reasonably. You know, I I feel like we we do come from a decent decent uh, extended family group as as trash as they are at times. We we always have mostly enjoyed their company. Such an Mod- ass. Moderately enjoyed their company. Yeah, I would say that, like for all the shit that we have talked and are going to talk, <laughs> and for as much how as- smug we're gonna come off. Yeah, like, it ha- yes, there have also been times in our family's history and in our lives in which they have showed up when Absolutely. it has been important. Every funeral on dad's side of the family, mom's sister and her husband are there. Yep. Every single one. Yep. And they all, And they do. They always come through in a clutch. Yes, and I, I can recall when... Uh, we had a death on mom's side of the family, and I informed a cousin on dad's side of the family. The f- I, it wasn't five minutes after I had texted her, she was on the phone with our mother, yeah. saying, I love you, and I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, yeah, yeah they, they do have a lot of redeeming qualities. Absolutely. Uh, but that's not as so fun to talk about, so we will that's cover true. it. We will oh, cover yeah. it. Oh, yeah. 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 We'll get there. So some things to look forward to in coming episodes, things like family and sibling rivalries. We're going to really dive into each of our different relationships uh, with each of our parents. Some things about generational differences. Holiday um, dynamics. Holiday dynamics. In-laws, sexuality, sports our really complicated relationship with the Catholic Church, things like that. So those are some things to to look forward to if this has been of any interest to you. There's there's definitely more of the same on the horizon. Absolutely. And we, we do hope you join us again if you've joined us at all. And we've uh, this has been an enjoyable exercise today. And a reflectment a reflection on our our questions at the beginning. Um, we do, I definitely do think that even though they do criticize, there is love behind it, even though it's not, it's not always, it doesn't always feel that way. Yeah. Our, our family drama, at least a lot of our takeaway has, uh, I've always tried to look at it with a uh, air of entertainment and humor. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that's a, uh, it's, I don't know if it's always the most productive use of uh, my time, but trying to twist things to a more humorous approach has always been one of the ways I, I cope and try to reflect on things. Love that. Sure. Yeah. And especially with me, like, not living 
in the same state or the same city as these folks anymore. I'm finding myself missing them. I think more than I ever thought I would. Yeah, wait till you get a full dose. You'll that that feeling That's will so go some, away. Yeah, my expiration date is. I'm sure hasn't changed as much as some of my other feelings uh, might have, but I, I too am looking to thrive off the drama of my own family in these yeah. trying times. So, Wild. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you listening. We will be back and we hope that you will join us. And as we always say, everyone comes from a wild family. It's always a good idea to have someone to talk about them with. Don't be judgy. Be a little judgy. Don't be mean. Only if they're mean. We don't get to choose our family. But we do get to choose who our favorites are. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Potatoes and Pasta. Be good, be kind, be forgiving. Until next time, family. Bye. It's interesting, but it's also boring. Right, like this. <laughs> so what? <laughs> and... Right. Right, it's it's like it's a baseball stat, right? Like if you're a fan of baseball, which we come from a baseball family, it's a fucking baseball stat, it isn't it? It means nothing. It means nothing. It means nothing.